0: To Cup of Cubby Blue, the Cubs put up a fight in some brutal weather, but lost their first series of the year home. For Cubs news updates and banter, we're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. And I am joined by Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny?
1: I'm I'm thawing out after a few cold and wet days at Wrigley Field. I'm 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 finally I'm finally thawing out. So that was, that was, uh, that was, that was rough weather wise, as you alluded to in your intro,
0: honestly, so, so cold, like one of the coldest experiences I've ever had at the old ballpark. I was only there, uh, for Monday's game. I was only there for the first game when it was like real field, 28 degrees and randomly snowing at various points in time. Um, (laughs) I, I couldn't do more than that. At one point, you and Crawley texted me and asked me to come hang out with y'all up in the 300s, and not I couldn't move. I was so, like, bundled up in my little seat, but also I just thought it would be so much colder up in the upper deck without the cover of the grandstand that I was just like, nope, not going, can't do it.
1: Well, see, that's where the beard comes in, Sarah. And... <laughs> no, I kid, but uh, to be honest... Uh, there, sorry, my phone's going off. Uh, to be honest, uh, where we were... In Crawley Land, which is 307 or 6, I always forget which, but it's uh you're kind of blocked because the wind is coming from the west. So the thing about Wrigley, I won't go into the specifics of that particular seat because it'll change throughout the game. The nice thing is, is when the, the when Wrigley's that empty, you can move around and find out where the wind is not. <laughs> so I ended up in the left field bleachers that night, too. We moved around. I mean, there were no, no people in the box seats either. So we snuck down there just for fun, just to get close. And there was no wind there when you moved down either. So it really depends where the wind's hitting you. So just kind of like a a, a word to the wise if you're going in. Like, if, if you can't, if you're freezing, try moving.
0: I mean, that's good advice, particularly right now with the Cubs not really selling all that many tickets. I, so it is uh, Thursday as we're recording. We're recording right before the Pirates series starts. And I have a hunch that despite the fact that it's supposed to be like 70, 72 degrees tonight, it's still going to be a ghost town. Like, I would be stunned if they sell more than 25, 26,000 tickets to this game. And I, maybe that'll be a wake up call to the powers that be that like, you got to do something different. the The prices even dropped on the Cubs website. I noticed, although they were still not lower than the prices that you could get on StubHub. So I've been StubHubbing everything that I have done so far this season.
1: Yeah, they're much lower on StubHub—six or seven bucks on every single game, except for Saturday's game, which is also supposed to be a very nice day. Plus it's a Saturday plus they're giving away a 1984 V neck Jersey. So, so that's really what it comes down to. So if you just want to catch a ball game, you can just go on out there. It doesn't seem to, there seems to be plenty of tickets available. Um, Oh, 6,500 still for Friday's game. And also because of this week, Tickets were super cheap, and it's because of the weather. I mean, if you do get a set – like, maybe tonight, you're right. Like, if it's 65 degrees and it's a nice evening and, you know, people come – Thursday's a good party night, you know. It's like it's almost the end of the week. And uh, it, that would be one that I would be surprised didn't – not not sell out, but at least have a very good crowd at it. So we'll see how it goes. But, you know, you also got to win, too. <laughs> you got to – you can't you can't be losing two and three two and three at home to the Rays and expect to get people excited to come on out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, let's just jump right into this race series. Uh, let's start with the good. The Kyle Hendricks show was back, and you know he didn't look like vintage Kyle Hendricks, but he looked much better than he did in that start against the Pirates. Uh, he went like four and two thirds, I believe, four and one third. Um, got you know handful of strikeouts, five or six strikeouts. Um had the lead, kept the lead. Good job, Kyle.
1: He was okay. I mean, it, it it wasn't wasn't great, it wasn't bad. He's still getting stretched out, I guess you hope that he'd be going deeper into the games, kind of save the bullpen a little bit because we've been really relying on them quite a bit. One of them was suspended for a while. So that was a good, we have still don't have a fourth starter really. So, you know, it, so it would have been nice. It'll be nice to see Kyle go deeper into games. He wasn't the most efficient. They did hit him around a little bit. Um, they did. So, uh, this
0: race team hit everybody around a little bit and we're definitely going to talk about that. Cause it was, Real interesting to watch two teams just kind of spray the ball all over the ballpark for a, a series. It's been a hot minute since I've seen the Cubs do that at Wrigley Field, but the Rays definitely were doing that as well. Uh, what else did you see from Kyle there, Danny?
1: I mean, I mean not much. I mean, he was out of the game before I wanted him to be, and they were hitting him around a bit. I mean, And, uh, you know, the strikeout seems to be there. Like, th- th- what I do enjoy about Kyle Hendricks is uh, <laughs> what he does to players that kind of sell out because they makes them look really stupid. I mean, because it's just really bad swings. and so I I kind of enjoyed he induced quite a few of those. the and oftentimes he will be a pitch to contact kind of guy. And so when the strikeouts are up, then the pitch count goes up and then he's out of the game earlier is kind of how that worked out. To me, the real story of the game, uh it was um Keegan Thompson. yeah, I agree. You know, and he's the one that I'm really enjoying watching pitch. And he's, you can see his confidence going way up. He's strutting around the mound, having a good time. Um, He's, he's saved us in a lot of ball games already this season. I'd say, and this being one of them.
0: Yeah. Keegan Thompson looks excellent. Uh, And I love him in that long role in the bullpen where he kind of comes in for three innings or three plus innings and can just, I honestly, one time through the order, I watched him carve up that Dodgers lineup last year, too. I, I think that one time through the order, even the best lineups in baseball will have a hard time squaring up anything against Keegan Thompson. He's, he almost reminds me, you know, one guy who get, who's being used in a similar way for the Boston Red Sox is Garrett Whitlock. He gets a lot of press. I'm like, Keegan Thompson is basically the Cubs' poor man Garrett Whitlock at the moment. Like, he's doing all of the same stuff, and he's doing it very effectively.
1: Yeah, I've been enjoying it. I'm here for it. I, a lot of people are asking me, uh, do you, I think he should be in the rotation. And I'm kind of like, well, probably eventually that would be great. <laughs> I mean, everybody's getting stretched out including him. So uh, I think that's what we're going to be seeing from a lot of these guys is we have to do piggyback stuff, even with Stroman, which we'll get to the last night. I mean, you know, he didn't pitch great, but at the same time, he's, He's this would be right about the start of the season for these guys under normal circumstances. So I'm I got a, a longer leash this year on everybody
0: totally. Uh, let's actually uh talk about a couple more things with this first Cubs game because it was the only one they won in the series against the Rays. Wisdom hit a home run out into the wind that kind of blew my mind i mean that ball went 424 23 feet it was it was real close to the double he hit in colorado which is the only reason that i remember the distance but also that ball was crushed danny the wind was blowing against that baseball in on a day where the wind is just neutral i think that ball lands out by the ball hawks and it's not even close it was absolutely massacred
1: yeah. And a uh, couple of dogs this series, I mean, he's come alive after a kind of well, a slow start. It was one week, I was, you know, as I said, longer leash, even though I'm one of those knee jerk fans. Um, yeah, no, he, we really
0: did. We really were ready to just replace wisdom with Jonathan VR last week. We're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jonathan VR is hitting, but wisdom is hitting two people. Lots of doubles in Colorado, a couple of home runs, this series heating up for sure.
1: Yeah. You're just worried about the strikeouts, but, uh, but to see the power be there, especially he's got, plus power what he is capable. He's a big dude. He's a strong guy. He can muscle him out of the park. He looks like the real thing. I met him this uh, past off season and he towers over me. Super nice guy, big. You could just tell just built for the sport. You know, he's almost built like Chris Bryant. Same kind of builds like just long and like lean muscle. And so it's, it's great to, it's great to see if he can hit what, if he could do what he did last year, but not strike out that much, you've got yourself an incredibly inexpensive and surprisingly talented baseball player who a lot of other teams are paying a hell of a lot more. Now, I don't care; it's not my money, but you know, it leaves money in the billionaires' you know coffers to pay for something else that does cost money, like. I don't know, like a fourth starter.
0: <laughs> yeah, fourth starter would be nice. Uh, no offense to Mr. Lighter, who we will see uh, against the Pirates. I maybe think.
1: that's why no one's going tonight. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see. I don't care. He gave up like seven runs last time. I don't want to see that. I mean,
0: it was Coors, but the Pirates are for the second half of the series. couple more notes from the first uh, night. Uh, Schwindel hit an insurance run for a home run in the late innings that honestly, I didn't think that ball was going to go out. It didn't really look like he got all of it, but it just kind of kept drifting, drifting, drifting right over the basket, landed a couple of rows up. It would be nice if Swindell was getting hot as well.
1: Yeah. And we're not expecting all the power from Schwindel, but he's more one of those spray hitters, but he can drive it around. He's got a pretty decent spray chart on him. And um, what I really love about Schwindel is his, his goofy face. So uh, it, it, and it's the same. It's almost even more of a surprise than a Patrick Wisdom, who I think had a couple of cups of coffee with a few teams, like including the Cardinals, whereas Schwindel, I don't think anybody thought he was a, He was always going to be like a, not even a four a guy. Nobody really ever gave him a chance at all, except the A's very briefly. And uh, it was the A's, right? Think yeah.
0: So. Yeah. It was, and, he was blocked in the Royal system, then went to the A's, then went to the Cubs.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, but how do you get blocked on the Royals? You know what I mean? (laughs) Just like nobody's really expecting much of you. So, but so he just seems, uh, Michael Cotton, my co-host on the Sunranto show, brought it up. He said last night about that he just seems, and the thing that's so enjoyable about watching Frank Schwindel succeed is that he feels like any one of us up there. You know, like he seems like the every man that's playing baseball, like the guy that they pulled out of the stands. And so, you know, I think we're all enjoying it through him because he's really enjoying it it himself, because I don't think he maybe expected to be here either. Right. He tried for it, but he probably was like, well, Triple A ain't so bad. (laughs) I guess I'll do this for a while. Maybe open a restaurant. You know, I don't know, like what he thought. He just, you know, that. But he's having a great time. The fans love him. Uh, Frank, I heard a lot of Frank the Tanks last night. You know, people really cheered for him. So he's he Cub for life somehow.
0: Yeah. I, Frank Schwindel is one of those characters that's just going to be perfect for the city of Chicago in this particular era of Cubs baseball. And, you know, he's, <laughs> he's not Anthony Rizzo. And he's, he's he's Frank the Tank. And we're, we're happy we have him. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Seiya Suzuki. Um, he tied... Andy Pafko's hitting streak to start a career with the Cubs, which is a very specific uh, type of hitting streak. That hitting streak is over, but the um, on-base streak lives. Seiya Suzuki has reached base successfully in every single game that he has played for the Chicago Cubs so far. Um, He takes his walks. He hits the ball all over the place. Real nice piece of hitting in game one where he kind of inside outed a pitch uh, into the gap. Um, where the shift had left a little bit of a hole late in game one that I thought was super sweet. Danny, what are you seeing from Seiya Suzuki? He did, he did look, I I, I don't want, the word is not overmatched. I, I It looked like the umpires got in his head a little bit in the second and third game here, calling some strikes that were not strikes. And Seiya's like, that's not a strike. Like I'm not swinging at this pitch. And then uh did kind of chase a little bit on a couple of those pitches later. I hope they haven't broken Seiya Suzuki's preternatural ability to recognize balls and strikes.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the ump shows they they'll come and go throughout the year. That's just kind of how it, how it goes. Uh, Yeah. I looked at the, uh, what the pitch tracks and stuff after some of those at bats and saw like, uh, okay, yeah, I guess it was a strike dude. It's like barely catches that little kind of sliver of the strike zone. It's not a strike either way. It's not a pitch that you can do a lot with unless you're trying to shoot it the other way and, you know, do something weird. Um, so no, it's been really enjoyable to watch him. I, you know, you t- if your bad game is the game that you took three walks, then and that one in game two, when he took the walk that actually al- allowed there to be a wild pitch to score, end up scoring the run from third, that all happened with two outs. So, what I like about his approach and this team's approach to many respects is that they're, they're not quitters. They're in there grinding out at bats, even if it doesn't end in a positive. Uh, results. It's not like I've seen very few innings this year when I'm like, wait, did the Cubs bat? Like, how are the, is the other team up again already? Which I felt like I saw a lot of that before. I don't know. It, maybe it's just, you know, my own weird perspective, but he's the leader of that approach. And I'm sure they're the, some of our young guys are learning from him and it's a treat for them to be around such a professional hitter who takes really the most professional at-bats I've seen in a long time. Like yeah. Anthony Rizzo level.
0: I, I agree with you. I also felt like – with Rizzo is an exception to this, incidentally, but the there were a lot of Cubs where it was like, oh, we that was a five-pitch inning for the opposition. Like, swing it away, swing it away. <laughs> Popped it up. Like, it was just – I don't know. Like, not a lot of contact being made, not a lot of long counts being worked. That, te- that Cubs team – ironically went from like setting the franchise record for walks in 2016 to then becoming kind of i don't know real swing heavy in their approaches later on and it was it was weird to watch that develop um, and we
1: don't even know which of the seven batting coaches to blame because it was just the, the they kept changing co-
0: them how about yeah. you should have stu- stuck with John Maley and seen how that worked out
1: <laughs> he did win the world series
0: I don't know Danny I don't know uh second game was not so great Justin Steele did not come out looking like Valerian Steele and I'm honestly was a little surprised um I thought he looked okay to start this game and I really think that if that double play call that air I'm calling it the air Nico play where Nico <laughs> Horner like jumps over the runner and like throws the guy out if that call gets called a double play and he gets out of the inning I think Justin Steele would have been totally fine. I think that replay got in his head and then he was facing a really tough part of the raise order. And frankly, he just, he got beat. Um, And I, it'll be interesting to see how he rebounds from it. I don't think there's anything broken or wrong with Justin Steele. I think he was just in a tough situation. He didn't really rise to it and and a good team beat him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, this game, it's, you just kind of get bit by, it. I mean, did they score what all it, a lot in that inning, right? Did they score right after that double right play? After,
0: right after the double yeah, play. It, that, was, it, it was running. literally like he was almost out of the inning and then there were three runs on the board.
1: Yeah, two. He only goes to 2.2. I mean, that's the disappointing thing when you only get the 2.2. And um, this this was just a weird game in general i felt like this is the three walk Suzuki game they ballot battled back in it, and yeah, with Steele, it's like when you lose your starter before the third inning's over, I mean it's gonna be really tough on your bullpen to keep it at that score i mean i they weren't they hadn't scored six runs at that point, but they had scored what three they
0: had scored four, four. So they had scored one in the second inning and then three uh in the third and if i'm reading this box score correctly what i think happened is it was yeah so there was the double play call that would have gotten the cubs out of the inning and it would have still been one nothing and then almost immediately after that wander franco hits a home run yeah that makes it a 3-0 ball game instead of a 1-0 ball game and that was really that was really it for mr yeah
1: Exactly, and then so then they hit. Rossi has to come get him, and then you're asking your bullpen to just be perfect for six innings, and, and you've already I, there, used
0: Keegan Thompson.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know how many bullpens, even on the best teams, that can do that. So um, it happens. We've seen it from from the Cubs, them doing it, but that you know the, your luck runs out with that stuff when you see teams that are logging. Uh, the Rays are are not maybe not a prime example because I think they're just built this way, but they, they're all bullpen, (laughs) you know, like they are, they're the piggy or those piggybacky kind of teams. Like if you're built that way, that's one thing. The Cubs are like a weird hybrid of that. And right now they're a total that because of um, not being stretched out, but we only have what another week of 28 man roster.
0: Yeah. The, The roster goes back down to 26, I think, at the start of May. I mean, I I could imagine with some of the injury issues that are happening in MLB right now, some of the pitch counts where pitchers are at, I suppose that MLB and the Players uh, Association could agree to an extension there, but I haven't heard any talk of that. I think it's supposed to be at the start of May.
1: Yeah, so they better figure it out because uh, Justin Steele, by the start of May, needs to be one of those dudes that at least is going 5 regularly and sometimes more. If you can be efficient, I like Justin Steele. I think he's a promising young candidate to be a fixture in the rotation for a few years. If it works out that way, um, he's a lefty. That's a, that's a commodity in this game. Um, so these are the growing pains. I'm sure they're working on it. What? And also it's cold. It can't be easy to pitch. And I saw that it, it was Stroman last night too. Um, Kyle's more used to it. In fact, sometimes I think he benefits from it. Uh, I think look.
0: he does too. Uh, let's talk about Marcus Stroman though, because honestly, this game was sort of a bummer. They moved it up an hour so they could at, at least get an official game in. It did end up getting called in the sixth inning, and that's it. Like the game is just gonna end in the sixth inning because that's what it, that's what happened. Uh, it was It was a very rainy sort of cold night in Chicago yesterday. The thing that was a bummer about this game for me is that it was pretty much over before it began. Like the first inning started like the Rays were making good contact off of Strowman. They put a four spot up and it was like, Oh, four spot up before the Cubs could even take the field. And honestly that they just didn't seem to have it last night.
1: No. Well, Stroman didn't seem to have it at all. And the Rays numbers against Stroman before this e- game even started, they like hitting off him. And now, if you're going to look again, it's they're going to have like an OPS over a th- it was over 800 collectively for the whole crew. And they had faced him quite a few times. There some people that faced him as much as 30 times. Um, but he, uh, yeah, they they like hitting off him. They a lot of them were familiar with him. They had a great game plan against him. They came out and they attacked him, and now. The next time I look at the numbers, the next time in three years when we play the Rays, if Marcus Stroman still happens to be on the Cubs, um, well, it will be next year because now we're going to play everybody, but um, their numbers are going to be astronomical because they just were killing him. And once again, cold, rainy, but it's for both teams.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, I... I mean, there's not much more to say here. I don't think that there's a problem with Marcus Stroman. I think he'll be totally fine. Yeah. I think that some of the people on Twitter who are out there like, ah, time to DFA. Like, you don't DFA literally your best pitcher. Like, we're, y'all need to calm well, down.
1: <laughs> and Let me use my little soapbox here to say, and, and I screamed about it, it with few choice words on Sunranto Ranto last night. I heard boos. Booing oh, Marcus. No. Right behind me. And I almost turned around and smacked the guy. Like I am not a violent man, but I or at least smacked him with my words. Because I was like, are you serious? This guy, this guy just got here. It is a cold and rainy night. You don't think he's out there trying? And also, even if how is booing gonna help the situation? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can boo certain things. I mean, I have my opinions. Lack of hustle. Maybe if they're violent towards the fans. And if you're Milton Bradley, you can just boo that anytime, any day, and you can boo the other team for fun. But I, you know, just you know, he- heckle from the bleachers or something—that's fine. But you don't boo Marcus Stroman when he's your dude that you just signed. He's—he's. He's, we need him to be awesome, and it reminded me of you know when, and people were making excuses. Okay, well, look at John Lester's first few starts. Like nobody booed John Lester. After four or five starts. So I don't want this crap. And if, and if I, now I'm really mad. If I see this again at Wrigley field, I'm saying something to the guy, be like, find a different team. And that's all I'll say, find a different team. If you don't like our team, then don't come anymore. Stop being a Cubs fan. Go be a fan of whatever the hell else, because you are not a a Cubs fan that actually supports this team and wants it to win. Well, no, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm with you on that hundred percent. I, I am on the record as I, I don't boo anything. Like I am, I am decidedly non-booer. We, uh, man, uh, Andy and I used to talk about this during the Chatwood days because, you know, Tyler Chatwood would come out and he'd walk the land and Cubs fans were not very appreciative of it, but I don't even remember Chatwood getting booed until like, I don't know, June or July or something like that. It certainly was not the third start, uh, of his Cubs career where Chatwood was being, boot or anything like that. So stop booing. Booing is not cool. Um. Additionally, like, I agree with you 100%. It can't help the situation. It can only hurt the situation. And I, I am just grateful. That did not come through on the broadcast, at least not while I was listening to it. So hopefully it didn't come through for him either.
1: It wouldn't have been heard if people were there. It was so dead in there last night that yeah. just a couple of bozos doing it was enough that it was audible to at least the section. I don't know if it was happening other parts of the stadium. I happen to be thinking terrace reserved at that point. I moved all around. So um, anyhow, it's a, uh, it, I, I, I'm not going to say anything more about it. Just like do not boo Marcus Stroman, like pretty much ever, unless he, unless he like flicks you off right to your face or something <laughs> like, yeah, then you can right. boo him. You know, if he's, if he pulls one of those, cause it, you know, I'll say this. It didn't go great in New York, but those jerks boo all the time. Well, and yeah, we're
0: not, we're not New York fans. We're, we're not New, New
1: York, New but, but we're not great. Sometimes we, you know, like I was there at the end of Carlos Marmol's career too, you know, as for the Cub and Cubs and the fans were not very helpful in that situation either. Uh, Carlos Zambrano, maybe deservedly so, but we have a fan base that definitely could turn on guys. Um, Freaking. Um, what's his name got booted cubs convention that was inappropriate um edwin jackson
0: oh i i was not at that cubs convention really oh
1: Oh, yeah no we we are not great so i just want to call our own our own out when it's not going great in my opinion and uh i ring my shame bell shame shame dong dong Um,
0: go cheer for somebody else. You're you're a Cardinals fan now. Yeah, you're a
1: Cardinals <laughs> fan now. Go, go play the right way.
0: <laughs> speaking speaking of the Cardinals, uh, I am going to need these videos of Albert Pujols lumbering around the bases in slow motion to stop. There have been two of them already. We are like two and a half weeks into the season. I cannot. I'm over it already. Like I I don't want to. Yes, like we get it. He's very slow and he runs around the bases like a slow guy. Like that. I. Make it stop, please, Danny. I can't watch a year of us pretending to celebrate Albert Pujols running slowly around the bases.
1: Yeah, but they should just uh, film it with the same camera that they used to film Babe Ruth, you know, because he looks (laughs) like he's going so fast, you know, (laughs) even though he's this big lumbering guy, you know, he's not going that fast.
0: Uh, Um, Although speaking of big lumbering guys who are not going that fast, Anthony Rizzo stole third base last night in a Yankees game and I had to do a double take when I saw that come across the old Twitter timeline. It's like, ah, it's our old gazelle friend who just kind of picks his moments to steal very wisely.
1: I'm, I'm going to say he stole that one off the pitcher. Oh, <laughs> the game situation.
0: It's all he ever does is steal bases off the pitcher. That's how you steal bases if you are Anthony Rizzo. Um, Speaking of former Cubs, Kyle Schwarber hit an absolute moonshot 468-footer at Coors Field into the, tr- the third deck. So yeah. not the... Like the cameraman missed this on the first pass because the cameraman thought that the home run was obviously going to land in the second deck and then like the home run lands in the third deck. Uh, Kyle Schwarber has, I think, four home runs on the season now in 50 plate appearances. The Phillies are kind of struggling, but Schwarber's power seems totally okay. Did you happen to see that home run? And if so, what did you think about it?
1: I did not see it, but I can obviously imagine it. I've been to that field a lot of times. It's you know, once you get it up into that thin air, I mean, you're literally a mile high in the air. Um, and you know, you could hit that purple row or so. I don't think anybody's ever done that, but that's a mile high in the air in that third deck there. Um Kyle Schwarber not being on the Cubs is one of the biggest mistakes this team's made within the totally. last few years. And- Two
0: million dollars.
1: Yeah, and just not you know not locking him up, letting him go, and then getting traded, which we could never even do. Which is like, what you know, like really nobody was a buyer. Like, I don't get it. Um, so I mean, he did have a great year, which makes him more sought after when he did finally get traded. But, um, you know, I I don't want to sit here and complain about the Cubs parade of hitting coaches all freaking episode, but um, nah, keep you know, going. I there's, mean, there's a
0: there's a trend here.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing some correlations. You know, um, when I'm when I'm putting those two concepts together of Kyle Schwarber being in a different uniform hitting moonshots, whereas uh, with us, I don't know what they were trying to do with them. Turning him, they turned him into a leadoff hitter. <laughs> Well, I the- mean, is there anything stupider than what we actually did?
0: The Phillies did let him hit leadoff, but they want him to hit bumps in the leadoff spot. So
1: yeah, good. with they got a bunch of odd base guys, 8-9 eight, eight, now, because of the, the stupid DH.
0: Right, totally. Um, uh, yeah, we miss you, Kyle Schwarber. Schwarbino all day. Uh, Shohei Otani pitched last night and was perfect through six innings, had 12 strikeouts on 80 pitches, and stayed in the game as a hitter. He was also on base three times. <laughs> going on
1: Shohei Otani yeah the guy's just like is he a robot like did I they just create I mean, <laughs> they just create this like you know baseball cyborg um, you know half human I don't half baseball skill I mean every now and again like just the best person at that thing comes along and here he is his name is Shohei Otani greatest baseball player possibly to ever live
0: possibly ever I, I just can't I was watching part of this game. I turned it on in the middle when I saw that he was perfect uh, in the early innings and I was just watching. And I honestly, it's just a joy to watch. It is a joy to watch Shohei Otani do things that no one has done on a baseball field, maybe ever. And I know that like Babe Ruth pitched and fielded and stuff, but he didn't really do it in the same game. And, the the game was so different in the early 1900s and 1920s that I just think I can't even imagine thinking Babe Ruth and Shohei Otani are really comparable. Like I, what Shohei Otani is doing is truly remarkable. And I just have to sit back and appreciate it every time something cool is going on.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it almost, in a way, it's sad that his we're going to be missing some of his stats. Uh, right. He did come up so young. I don't know. How they'll include them, uh I know they'll just be included, but they won't be included in the major leagues, but he had quite a few home runs uh i I don't think he's gonna break you know Hank Aaron's record or anything like that, but um so some of them are still in in Japan playing for the nippon ham fighters um so yeah, this guy i mean and it's such a shame he plays for the angels, it's like oh. <laughs> Although, like, I wouldn't even mind if he was like a Yankee, you know, just because at least people uh, would see it. I know you hate the idea, no, but I wouldn't mind. I,
0: I don't hate the idea. I, I was going to say Joe, Ma- Joe Madden may have been born to manage Shohei Ohtani. True. That might be the most perfect managerial. Like Joe Madden does a bunch of bonker stuff. We didn't talk about him walking in Corey Seager with the bases loaded the other day, which Ben Clemens over at Fangraphs proved is not a good idea, period. Don't do it and stop. But like, I... for for Shohei Otani and the sort of unique way he is going to play everywhere and do all the things and DH here and pinch and pitch there and have a perfect game and hit home runs. And I'm staying in the game. Like I think that Joe Madden is the perfect manager for Shohei Otani.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I, I totally agree with that. And it's, it's cool. And it's a shame that more, uh, People who are great pitchers don't learn how to hit and that we have to have a DH.
0: Well, speaking of pitchers who could definitely hit, although not quite the same way Shohei Otani could, uh, Jake Arrieta, who for a brief stint there in 2015 and then into 2016 was absolutely the best pitcher on planet earth. uh, And maybe one of the best pitchers we'll ever see in our lifetime in a short sample. Uh, Jake Arrieta retired the other day, and I just want to take a second to thank Jake for all of the great moments that he had as a Chicago Cub. Honestly, there was not much that was more fun than Jake Day in 2015. Like you just knew the man was going to be on and the Cubs were going to win. And you tuned in to see if he was going to throw a no hitter, not to see if he was going to win, but to see if the other team would even be able to get a hit against 2015 Jake Arrieta. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm grateful for it
1: yeah uh, and uh, he threw two of them and was it the same year?
0: No one was no. In 20, one was in like August of 2015 and one was in April of 2016
1: Yeah, and I have the uh I guess uh the not the really the pleasure but the it there's, there's a weird circumstance that happened in which I happened to be because he threw one in Cincinnati and he threw the other one in uh, Los Angeles, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was in Cincinnati when he threw it but not at the game. And I was in Los Angeles when he threw his there and not at the game.
0: <laughs> Danny, this is terrible life choice. Why weren't you at these games?
1: Um, well, it, there's a few reasons why. Uh, one was rain and the Cincinnati one was rain. And the fact that traffic got us to town a little bit late. So we and we just decided to skip it. If you remember, it was a rainy night. We were going the next night. We're like, eh, forget it. We've been driving all day. That was a hard trip. Let's not go. And so we, we didn't go and we missed it. Um, And then the LA one, I would have been at the game except for the venue where my band was playing, uh, asked if we could switch dates. And I said, sure, we'll just play LA at the end of our tour instead of the beginning of it. (laughs) So I switched the dates and I was a little disappointed. I wasn't going to see the game and, but we were going to go the night before. So we went the night before and then we missed the no hitter. So.
0: Oh, my God. I have never been that close to a no-hitter, but I think if I was, I would be pretty devastated to have missed those games. In fact, um, one of the reasons I went to Monday night's game, despite it being, like, real field 27 and awful and whatever, I was like, you know, Kyle Hendricks is one of those guys who one of these days is going to have a day where he puts it all together and he gets the no-hitter done. He came real close against the Cardinals in, I think, 2017 or 2018. And I I know that is going to happen at some point in the next year or two. And so I never miss a Kyle Hendricks start. I feel like I'm I'm just – if I can get myself to the ballpark, I will get myself there and just see uh, because I will will regret it forever if I have tickets to a Kyle Hendricks start and he throws his no-hitter and I wasn't there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean – and, you know, getting back to Jake too, it's just like just those – and he wasn't great his whole career, but he had that window. <laughs> and it, when he was just totally unstoppable, and it's at the same trajectory of the Cubs yes. window to greatness, because he was good in 2014 when he came over to the Cubs. Yes. And we, people were like, oh, who's this clown? Are we got him for some backup catcher? Oh, we'll see about this. I'm sure they screwed it up. And then you saw that it they didn't. And uh, John Baker used to talk about this about 2014 being that transitional year that Cubs fans didn't even realize was happening because they had been tuned out for five years because it was horrible (laughs) before, you know, the team was just horrible. Real bad. So it wasn't unless you're really a big diehard need to watch this. Like it's hard to watch, to tune in and watch the blues, 101, 102 games, you know, like, wow. Wow. But then uh, he was such a big part of that transition along. And then the next year, signing Lester being the big signing. But what a workhorse. 200, I'm looking at it right now 229 innings in 2015. They give him the ball for that wild card game against Pittsburgh, which nobody, I was, remember that argument we were all having? Oh, should it be Lester? Or, uh, or should it be Jake in the one game wild card?
0: I can't believe that was even a discussion. It Obviously, should have been like you had no chance against twenty fifteen Jake Arietta. No chance, like you were going to lose. It was wonderful.
1: I think consensus was there, and the whole seniority or what Lester, because Lester was great too. Let's not get it twisted. Lester like,
0: in in twenty sixteen, Lester and Hendricks were Cy Young candidates, right? Like Jake won it in twenty fifteen. And then in 2016, two different guys for the Cubs were Cy Young candidates. I, the pitching was really incredible in that little stretch there. And I I actually, the piece I wrote uh, the first time Arietta left the Cubs, he threw his last game at the NLCS, um, in the NLCS against the Dodgers. It was the only game that the Cubs won in that series. I was at that game. And it reminded me that the thing that Jake Arietta did exceptionally well is he was a stopper. When you were in the postseason, you needed a win. Jake Arrieta got a win. Every time Jake Arrieta took the mound for the Cubs in a winner-go-home game, he won that game. And sometimes you didn't really know how it was going to happen, right? Like the game in Cleveland in the World Series, he was wild, but he was so effectively wild, they didn't have a hit for like six innings. And it was like, well, I guess Jake Arrieta is going to throw like nine million pitches, but he's going to throw like no-hit baseball for five and a half innings. So it's fine. Like, it's great. And that was Jake. And it was a perfect, perfect match for the Cubs and what the Cubs needed and what Jake needed. And I am grateful for his time in Chicago. Our sponsors are not grateful that we are well due for a commercial break. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we are going to talk about those Pirates who Jake Arietta shut down in the 2015 wildcard game because they are headed back to Wrigley. But first, a quick break. All right, Danny, we are back. The Pirates are coming to town. We just saw these guys. Like, we're going to see them again. Uh, Now we're going to see them at Wrigley Field, where it's supposed to be reasonably warm tonight. So if you want a $6 ticket, I hear there are some available still on StubHub. Go pick some up and head to the ballpark to see the Cubs take on the Pirates. Uh, Tonight's game will be started by Mark Leiter, Jr. We already talked about Mark Leiter and his initial start for the Cubs in Colorado. That went... Very light him poorly.
1: up. Light him up lighter.
0: <laughs> hope he doesn't get lit up by the pirates at Wrigley tonight. Uh, what do you see in this lighter Wilson matchup, Danny?
1: Well, I'm thinking I might be selling my ticket because I don't, I mean, this doesn't seem like a great game to me. Uh, you know, I don't know if, I mean, maybe they're working with lighter and he's a pitch lab special, but I don't have a lot of hope for this guy. It, it reminds me of the, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, Oh yeah. Jen Ho sang.
0: Oh, that's a good comp. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, and I'd go out of the game, and it was like, like last night was bad enough when I was sitting in the rain. At least it'd be nice tonight when it's five nothing after two innings or something. But no, I hate to be such a, a bear of bad news. I, I am rooting for the best. Um, the Bryce Wilson is not a world beater either for the Pirates. Um, so th- th- this isn't a great matchup tonight. Um, do you want to do the second matchup? <laughs> I mean, I don't care about done. you know what I mean. We're like
0: done. Mark Leiter and Bryce Wilson are going to yeah. play. There's going to be a baseball game. Uh, there's, yeah, in
1: there's, the there's guys I don't care about are going to pitch. Like that's where I'm at. I <laughs> you do know?
0: have a ticket to tonight's game, and I I may go because I hate missing a baseball game. But I'm also not feeling the best, so I I may not go. We'll see what happens with that yeah. ticket. Um, I'll
1: go down there if it's if it sticks. I'll leave. I'm not one of those people that is got to s- stick around for it, you know? Uh,
0: the next matchup, the matchup for Friday is Drew Smiley, who's been surprisingly quite good, honestly, uh, in that fifth spot for the Cubs against our old our old pal, Jose Quintana, uh, who the Cubs uh, already saw once earlier this season. Danny, what do you see in the Smiley-Quintana matchup?
1: Well, it's the rematch of the game that we won against them in Pittsburgh. It's the exact same uh, matchup. And then, you know, the Cubs... They didn't get anything done off cue, they, which was frustrating. I was like, oh, of course, we can't hit the guy that was kind of a bust for us. Or uh, Kaplan called him uh, the Buick.
0: The Buick? I didn't yeah, that,
1: that was his that. nickname for him. That's just funny. like, you know, it's like we wanted a Cadillac, but we got a we got a Buick for the White Sox. <laughs> it was kind of the, was I think what he meant. Um, and then Drew Smiley, yeah, he's been great, and he was great against the Pirates and. But they did just see him, so and we did just see Q, so maybe it's going to be the opposite of that game. That was the game when uh, Sayo Suzuki basically single handedly won it, was, it with yeah, home it was runs, great. yeah. So um, maybe that happens. Uh, it, there's is going to be rain, I think, on Friday, so might be some weirdnesses with.
0: It's a day game, this, right?
1: Yeah, it's a day game. Um, you know, but it's April in Chicago, and we've been getting some weather, so. We'll see Thursday. No, no Friday and Sunday are the games that I think are supposed to maybe, maybe have weather, but keep checking your forecast because um it changes every five minutes, you know,
0: word as uh, Zach Thompson and Kyle Hendricks. The thing that jumped out to me in this Saturday matchup between Thompson and Hendricks is that Kyle Hendricks has quite a few strikeouts for a guy that doesn't really strike out a lot of guys at this point in the season. He's got 17, right now. And I've not looked at that on a K per nine basis, but I'm that, I think that's more than a strikeout and inning, which is not really Kyle Hendricks's way. Um, What do you see from this matchup? Thompson and Hendricks.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, Zach Thompson, uh, I guess uh, uh, Willie homered off of him. So maybe look for him to have a good game. Uh, We haven't seen him a whole hell of a lot. Uh, He's zero and one with a nine ERA I'm seeing. I mean, (laughs) It's, it's so hopefully this will be a good day. Everybody have their V neck jersey, jerseys on, their 84 jerseys, and it'll be like, you know, Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson are in the house. Or I mean, actually, 84, Dawson wasn't there, but
0: the ERA stuff could be small sample size. Kyle Hendricks is 0 1 with a 6 ERA or 1 0 with a 6 ERA or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to pull this up because I think it is interesting. I, I noticed it when I was keeping score on Monday, and fans at home may or may not have noticed it, but Kyle Hendricks is definitely striking out more guys in 2022. He is also walking a lot more guys in 2022. His K per nine for his career is 7.47. Last year it was 6.51 through three starts in 2022. It is 11.48. That is not Kyle Hendricks as we know and love him. Uh, his walk rate per nine for his career is 2.02 in 2021. It was 2.19 in 2022. It is 6.08. So something's going on with Kyle. he does not quite look like he has gotten into his traditional Hendrixian groove yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's t- supposed to still be the end of spring training as far as the ramp up goes. So these guys are creatures of habit and their bodies respond in the ways that they do. And we knew that pitchers would be behind the hitters. So I guess it's just, we got to wait and see on all this stuff it, because I, I don't think we know. If the Kyle Hendricks that really kind of fell off a not a cliff, but he wasn't great last year. He had a, it was the worst year of his career. Um yeah. Uh I think we have to wait and see if that was just kind of like a fluke year because it was so weird with everybody getting traded and you know, him just kind of by default ending up the ace as everybody kind of aged out and didn't sign back. And, you know, now he's the elder statesman of the rotation. So I, I don't know if that affects him or if he's just getting older. I and mean, because I, I noticed his fastball is slower, and it was already slow.
0: I know, right? Like, how do you get much slower than what was our, like? Anyway,
1: Well, no. Have you seen me throw?
0: Well, you're not a major league pitcher, <laughs> no, Danny, I so I, I don't really know know what you throw. But I'm guessing 35. I I'm guessing 35. it's slower than Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Justin Steele, hopefully we'll be looking for a bounce back game against JT Brewbaker for the Sunday 120 game to end the series. What do you see from this matchup? Steele and Brubaker. Didn't we just see this one too?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- Yeah, we did. Well, do- he was supposed to pitch. Uh, oh, maybe that's JT. it. Yeah, he was supposed to pitch against us. I think we had announced it and then like they changed it up on us uh, for the s- second game of the series. And he's given up four runs in all of his starts. So, uh, but he's, he's stretching out this guy. He's, uh, went 3.1 innings then four, then five. And, you know, Justin Steele's going the other way, five, four, then 2.2 on Tuesday. So,
0: yeah, I think that I'm looking for Steele to have a nice bounce back. It started him. I think that he'll probably, you know, hopefully put that last start behind him and come out um, maybe more like the Valerian steal that we were so excited about earlier in the season. Uh, let's talk about who is hot on these teams right now. The Cubs still do have quite a few hot hitters uh, so far on the young season. These are season wide stats for right now as a FYI, as the season goes on, I will probably time limit them. So they're only worth two or three weeks at a time, but it's such a short sample right now. Anyway, I don't want to time limit them. Too much. Um, Through the season so far, here are your Cubs who have a WRC plus. Again, that is your ability to create runs as weighted against the league average of 100. So anything over 100 means you're that much better than league average. Uh, Here are all of your Cubs with a WRC plus over 20 at this point in the season so far. Say a Suzuki is at 272. Jonathan VR is at 158. Patrick Wisdom, up getting his numbers up at 137. You love to see that. Wilson Contreras is at 133. Ian Happ is at 132. Jason Hayward still hanging around at 131. And I cannot find anything in the peripherals to indicate that this is a real thing. But I would welcome it if it's real.
1: will <laughs> take it. Yeah, they're they're off to a lot of guys are off to a, a pretty good start. Uh, I w- I won't say the same for a couple of the more fringy players who maybe don't even make some teams. Um, uh, uh Nick Madrigal, so Nick Nikki uh, Nikki two outs or something. <laughs> they need Nicky to two strikes. Back. Yeah. Um. Not only is his defense somewhat suspect, but I understand that he doesn't strike out a lot. Only he's only struck out three times in 38 at bats. That's great. But it's like, I'm, I'm looking for him to be more of a, like, you know, those pesky guys. And yeah. I know that they always say that pesky guys are actually just bad, but like those, but that's what I want him to be like, kind of like not that great, but just like pesky and, you know, gets in the pitcher's head, elongates innings, fouls off a bunch of pitches so the next guy hits a home run. Like, are you, you asking
0: know, for Darwin Barney? Is that like your? No, no, here?
1: I really, no, I, I really don't want Dart. No, I, that's not <laughs> it. No, I'm not even sure. I mean, Nick Madrigal, the Sox fans liked him. So I was like, well, any guy that's on the Sox that comes to the Cubs except for Sammy Sosa ends up bad. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm looking for more out of him. I, I don't, it seems like Clint Frazier, they just don't like very much that they're not sure about him. So
0: he, he doesn't even show up on my list because he doesn't have enough plate appearances yeah. to make the list at the moment. So I don't know what's going on. Hermosillo
1: too. Um, the- Hermosillo
0: doesn't make the list either. I think yeah, that both I know. Of those dudes might be headed to Iowa, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I agree. And it's just like, uh, but as far as like the top end of the lineup, you know, I, I, don't know the lineup's been different every day they've they're moving suzuki up the lineup which is smart i think they were trying to like give him time to get in there and figure out what he's doing and see the pitchers but now they're like no you you got to be up at the top you got to bat in the first inning we got to give you more at bats period end of story you know because um, he doesn't even have as many at-bats as Wisdom or Contreras or, or Ian Hap or Schwindel, for that matter. Right. So it's like, what? You're giving Schwindel more at-bats than Suzuki? Like, okay, Horner's got more at-bats. Magical has more at-bats. Like, what are we doing here, David? So um, <laughs> He's
0: fixing it, Danny. He's fixing it. Uh- I know.
1: He figured out it took a little bit too long, but... <laughs>
0: Let's talk about some hitters who are hot on the Pirates. Uh, These names are different than the last time we saw the Pirates. Some of their hitters who were pretty hot when we went to Pittsburgh have cooled off. um, And we have some new guys to keep an eye out for at the moment. uh, Leading this board at the top is Michael Chavez, who has a WRC Plus to start the season of 276, which is pretty fancy. Daniel Vogelbach, old Cubs friend, uh, has a WRC Plus of 163. And Cabrian Hayes, who has been so good against some of our Cubs pitchers in the past. Uh, It's still hot. He's got a WRC plus of 125. Anything jump out at you there, Dan?
1: Well, this is not a scary lineup, but unfortunately we find ourselves pitching around Ben Gamble for some reason, because he's going to, he's going to be the one that's going to screw up our lives at some point this weekend Ben um, Gamble has
0: a WRC plus of 86, and he is going to murder the Cubs this weekend at Wrigley all weekend long. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you don't have to really be worried about the names you just said, like they'll, they'll handle Vogel back. They know what to do to him but they don't who they don't know how to get out is Ben freaking Gable and Kevin Newman, who are just <laughs> going to ruin your life. All, all you know, that's what, that's what I'm looking for in this whole series with the you know, they've, key. Brian Hayes is fun to watch. I think he's going to be a really great player. He's more known for his defense, but he is batting three twenty-six this year so far. Um, So Vogelback, he's fun to watch just because talk about a guy they pulled out of the stands and let play first base. Like he's like the king of that. And Brian Reynolds is one of the best hitters in the major leagues, or at least he was last year. Um, And then, uh, but it's not working out this year. So maybe, um, I don't know, maybe the league figured him out.
0: I think he could, he could have a hot streak just around the corner. If Brian Reynolds has a hot streak just around the corner and manages to find that stroke at Wrigley field, you will hear about it on the next cup of cubby blue dropping next Monday, uh, before the, on the Cubs off day, the Cubs will have an off day on Monday and we will have an episode for you to cover that off day. But, uh, until then we, you can find Danny and I on social media, Danny, where can people find you and what you're doing with the ranters?
1: Sunranto S O N R A N T O on Twitter. You can search that in your YouTubes and your Facebooks and your, uh, instas and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, uh, come party with us on, I believe, Sunday night. We'll be going live, uh, right, 7 o'clock, 7, 7 Central, right after the uh, Cubs hopefully get done sweeping the buckos.
0: All right. Well, if the Cubs get done sweeping the buckos, that'll be a really fun episode of Sun Ranto. You can find me and my baseball takes at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything connected to the podcast, including what we talk about here and items that we tweet out on the podcast. Twitter, Cup of Cubby Blue. Uh Follow all of us so that you never miss anything and make sure you're subscribed to bleed cubby blues podcast. So you never miss an episode until next time.